We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Welcome to another episode of the Union of the Unknowns. Today, with us, we have a very, very special guest, and that is JJ Boogie from the band Arrested Development. Today, I am your host, Ashley Think Change Repeat, and the unknowns with us are Stella. Hey, Stella. Hello there. Thank you for we joining us, big- JJ. Hey, thank you. Turn. Thanks for having us, having me. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. Big perm. Mm-hmm. And she did cut out temporarily, but we also have the ATL connector. So she will join us whenever she can. She's en route as we speak. So, JJ, thank you so, so much for joining us. We're very happy to have you. Um, mm-hmm. And as we said a little bit beforehand, I know that you've been super busy touring. Um, you know, in looking at your work with Arrested Development, you, this band has been around for a very long time and has been very productive and very active for all of this time. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to to kick it off and and just see, you know, if you wanted to talk about a little bit what y'all are doing currently. Uh, your most recent album was uh, published in 2021. Is that correct? You know what? It's hard to keep up now. My boss has been putting out so many records. <laughs> <laughs> it's been crazy. I mean, since the pandemic, he's, uh, I mean, he's always been very prolific. Speech Thomas is like, even when he's, in, when he thinks, oh, I need a break from writing, he'll try to take a break. And the next thing you know, he's like, oh, I got an idea. <laughs> and he starts writing another song, you know, so he's always writing. But uh, no, we, we put we put out a record this year and last year, two last year. Yeah, there's a uh, mixtape this year, correctly. Yeah, the mixtape this year. Like I said, it's been hard to keep up. He's been he uh speech just started working with this new producer from uh uh Newcastle, UK named Configa. And he's been doing a lot of the beats. Uh not all of them, but a, a really good portion of them. Speech does a lot of them as well. Um so yeah, and I'm involved with production stuff and you know, recording sessions and stuff. So, you know, but uh yeah, but the, you know the money's not—it's uh, not in uh, making records anymore, unfortunately. Right. So, right. Uh, well, that's why we got to get out on the road and tour. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If it was really about in in touring, and when I looked at your dates, like it—it it has been a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, after you know trying to get you on, knowing how busy you were, you ha- very recently were in Europe, all over the map. Right? Y'all have been just yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And then, and the crazy thing is, is, uh, you know, our, we don't have the big label infrastructure now that we did in the past. And, you know, the management, we have a manager and, you know, road manager and all that. And we have a label with a couple of employees and everybody works as a team, but it's got sometimes, you know, I don't even know, you know, when, when I'm flying or what city I'm flying into until like the day before, I'm supposed to show up to the airport, you know, <laughs> sometimes I'll have an idea, like oh, I might be flying in the Heathrow and then we might have a, have to fly over to Germany for a layover. And, you know, so 
it's just, you know, it used to be you get a whole tour booklet and you'd have all the dates and the names of the hotels and, you know, and, uh, but you know, nowadays it's just kind of like, all right, here's where we're going. It's like right before we go, you know, and, but you yeah. Know, we all, yeah, it's exciting, you know, and actually we're going to be come, uh, going to, uh, South Africa playing the delicious festival in South Africa. Wow. Uh, later. Yeah. Oh, next month in September. And then after that, we're going to Kalandra, um, Australia. So uh, this will be our first time back to Australia uh, since before the pandemic. So I'm really excited to come back. Uh, yeah, there I believe well. it was 2016, wasn't it? In more theater in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, it might have been that. Uh, well, no, you know, we did. Uh, we were there in 2018 in Kalandra. The, the same festival we're playing now, we're going to be at the same one. Oh, the festival, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and they, I think they won't let us uh, do like stay and and work other venue or you know like other clubs on our own so a lot of them promoters they have these stipulations in their contracts where like you do our festival and you can't do any other cities within a radius within like 30 days or something I'm like man we're flying oh, all wow. the way to australia <laughs> yeah, let us work crazy. you know that's but it, it's worth it though they're it's a good festival but sometimes you know Sometimes the little things kind of bite you in the ass sometimes. Yeah. 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 And that was one thing that I was going to ask because you were talking about, you know, who you're signed with. And I'm sure that that being, you know, having more say in your schedule as a, as a group, right? Because if you're with a big label, then that you have as the artist a lot less say in what the comings and goings. Is that accurate? Yeah. 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 We were, I was just talking about this with the band, we had uh, some we have uh, some newish members that have been with us for like a year and two years. I, th that's new to me because since I've been working with speech since '98, you know, and um, and I was we were you know I was telling them you know a couple of years ago, speech met with uh, <coughs> excuse me Clive Davis's team up in New York City a couple of years ago, and because Clive they was thinking about signing Arrested Development. And this is post after the band had already blew up and then broke up and then got back together and started doing stuff again. And Clive started seeing what we were doing. and was like, okay, you know, they're still respectable. They're still valid. You know, let's have a talk with them. So we met with him and he's, he was basically, it was like, we love you guys. You're amazing. And, and we want to work with you, but we want you guys to dumb down your lyrics. You know, we want to sell to you know, more kids and, you know, and, you know, speech was like, yeah, sorry, we're out of here, <laughs> you know. And I, you know, part of me is like, wow, you know, he could have like been like, okay, maybe we could do it for an album or two, or, you know, and then see where it goes, you know, and maybe make some money. But in another sense, you're like, nah, man, fuck that guy. Right. Let's, you don't let's wanna... do our thing. Let's yeah. do our thing, you know. And we go out and we do our thing and we connect with our fans and, you know, we're having the time of our lives when, when the government allows us to uh, freely move and right. do what we love to do so yeah well it, speaking of the government and i want you to get right into it and and everyone else but that was my the main question that i wanted to kick it off with was what took because it is a little bit difficult from you know from an outsider perspective and you see like the music industry right and and it appears that the music industry and hollywood and government are so intricately woven together and, and as you know you don't see very many people in the music industry being liberty minded. So what kind of got you there? Can I say something on that last point real quick? 
Absolutely. I just want to say the lyrics and the themes and you guys' music is what drew me in in the first place and keeps me around. Right. Every right. album's been as good as the original. And right on, man. Yeah, like appreciate it. Yeah. I got to give a shout out to my friend Heidi, too. She's as big a fan as you, of you guys as I am. Heidi! <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what, what, so what'd you ask me again? What what kind of got you, especially oh, in this Liberty kind of Minded. difficult industry? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, shoot. I guess, I guess having to hide from the cops when I wanted to smoke a joint <laughs> with my one of my early bands when I was like eighteen, you know, and I was playing. My uncle was uh, the guitar player in the band and the other, it was basically all people that worked for my parents' uh, sign company. My uncle owned the sign company. My parents worked for it. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, I, that was probably it, having to hide, being paranoid of the cops and being like, man, why can't we just do, you know, this, what we want, you know? And, and I remember one time, like, the guitar player invited uh invited me to come down to uh Emanuel's tavern or man uh, some Manuel's tavern downtown uh in, in little five points in atlanta and and for some little you know libertarian meeting or someone somebody was speaking i can't even remember who it was but i went down listening you know hung out but i i didn't really pay attention to politics until really 9 11 and you know i kind of heard about it but i was you know i was just playing music it was i was all about girls and music you know at that time so but 9-11 is when I really kind of woke up and was like okay what the fuck is going on <laughs> you know all is not what it seems right yeah <laughs> and um you know roundabout way I started listening to podcasts you know and you and on Twitter and you see someone post someone the Tom Wood show and then you know uh, free man beyond the wall and you know uh you know, all the guys, you know, all the, all the guys, Dave Smith and stuff, you know, I just started checking them out, you know, and, and uh, reading Rothbard stuff and Mises and, you know, reading uh, history books and, you know, and just trying to learn what I can so I can understand, you know, what, what the fuck's going on in this world and why, you know, what, why people doing what they do to us, you know, and how they do it, you know, and, you know, so, uh, and then, uh, oh, well, also a big influence was the bass player who of Arrested Development named Zay Williams, who no longer tours with us because he, he lost his eyesight. But I still gig with him locally. And uh, but he was like really the technically the first conspiracy theorist, you know, quote unquote, because uh, he can't see me if he if he listens to this video. But I'm putting up quote Zay, if you ever watch this, I'm quoting you conspiracy theorist, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, my mom said conspiracy theorist, and I was like, you, mom, you mean conspiracy fact? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and you know, he blew my mind with and and other members of the group, and we would talk on the bus and on the planes and in the hotels and the airports, and we would, you know, we'd have, you know, when when you're in a band, you spend a, you know. 99% of the time you, you're spending to get together off stage, you know, <laughs> on stage is like an hour and 15 minutes, you know, hour and a half max, you know, and then the rest of the time you're just family, you know, and traveling together, trying to find food, trying to find, you know, groceries and, and laundromats and, you know, and the whole thing online, you know, but, uh, but it was through, through Zay as well. And then I got, uh, <coughs> excuse me, 
Turn on to Monica Perez. <clears throat> Pardon me. Shout out Monica. She's our pod mother. She chokes me up. She chokes me up every time I talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And her, you know, and and um, you know, the the propaganda report was just just was a lot of fun, you know. And I heard them on the radio when I was driving around Atlanta. And then I, you know, went over to the podcast, followed them there and become friends with her. And I did music for her, her show. So her intro music and outro music. Oh, yeah. Very, very familiar with that. Uh, yeah. Thing. And <laughs> I would listen to it every day, every day. Yeah. And I would be like, yeah. Yeah, it's groovy. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah we all met each up. other through the podcast Discord. Okay, right on. What did you say, Estella? That's your music on the Monica Deep Dive show? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, that I love that. I was not aware that was you. Yeah, the Deep Dive and also uh, the Propaganda Report as well. I did, I've right, done yeah. like four, five, four pieces or so, and she used them for you know different parts of the show, intro and outro and stuff, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of that work. I'm glad yeah. she, she digs it because you know, we have a lot of similar taste in music that we grew up on. Yeah, I was actually, as a non-Twitterer, or sorry, non-Xer, I was looking at your uh, feed last night just to see sort of what you're about behind the scenes a little bit. Uh -oh. on you. <laughs> yeah. No, really, that was awesome. Yeah, really, lots of great stuff there. Um, oh, good. Lots of really excellent quotes retweeted and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Really I was going yeah. to ask you, actually, because um, you obviously have a lot of time on the road to spare because while well, you're waiting around for gigs and all that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, and now that we got Wi-Fi on planes, I can't sleep on international flights. So uh, I'm up yeah. for not, I'm up for six, seven, eight, nine hours. You know, of going to you know wherever we're going. Yeah, so, so you get to keep up pretty much quite well with what's going on and lots of reading time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I enjoy it. And then I'm listening to always listen to audiobooks, um, you know, history audiobooks, uh, yeah. Human Smoke right now the history of leading up to uh, world war two. I don't know if you have it by Nicholas Baker. Okay. Awesome. There she is. ATL connector. <laughs> I don't even know. If she hey, heard me. <laughs> I was going to ask about how the tour sort of affects your circadian rhythm. How do you deal with all that? It because kicks my ass. <laughs> it kicks my ass. It's that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, I don't know if you, well, you probably don't follow me, but, um, you know, I've been sharing a lot about my weight loss and, and I can say that. Yeah. yeah and, I was going to ask you about that because it's been quite the health journey, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. As I, as I'm coughing and, and then my, and I have a, a, like a nasal thing going on right now, but I literally just got back from, uh, uh <clears throat> from being out on the road and I did an experiment on myself where I, I wanted to break my diet and I ate like a big sub sandwich that was backstage so it was a lot of bread. And that was like, literally, I would normally eat like two of those, you know, sometimes three and then dessert, you know, and I weighed 76 pounds more than I do now. But I ate it. And sure enough, <laughs> the next day, my nose was just running. And I had, a, uh, had like little breakout little spots on my shoulder that, you know, itched. And I was just like, oh, shit. You know, I was like, okay. Now, you know, now I know not to mess with it like I used to, you know, and I, I knew I could have a reaction because, you know, I feel I've my inflammation has gone down. I used to have carpal tunnel issues 
and a doctor wanted to cut me open and, and do their little surgery. And then um, I decided, you know what, let me just try to get in shape first. And, and then I, you know, I did and my hands don't hurt anymore. You know, I mean, every once in a while, if I'm doing a super long session in the studio or something, or we're doing a long rehearsal, yeah, I'll get a little sore, but that's like a workout sore. But I used to have intense pain and swelling, you know, and it's all gone now that I'm on uh, carnivore slash fruit, you know, basically I'm not strict carnivores, like carnivore base and a lot of fruit, you know, fresh fruit and stuff. So, right. But sticking to the whole real stuff instead yeah. of the processed. Um, yeah, and unfortunately yeah. the bread, I love subs too. <laughs> Man, I'm a, you know, I'm Italian. I grew up with pasta and bread and it's, you know, but you know, now that my body has transitioned, I don't enjoy the taste of bread anymore. So I'm actually like, cool. You know, I, I tried a, a pancake at the, the, the hotel, paid way too much money for them. <laughs> and I took one bite and I was like, this tastes like cardboard shit. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm glad I don't eat this. I'm like, no wonder I was so overweight, you know, and feel, felt awful, you know, and had asthma all the time. And, you know, anyways. Yeah, well. Yeah, I did a strict keto diet for three years, and since then I've just done the low carb thing and stuck to it pretty well for I don't know another six or seven years. And just the thought of like eating a fast food burger or something (laughs) literally makes me sick thinking about it. Well, listen, I still I eat I eat fast food still, but I don't eat the bun. I don't eat the fries. I just eat the meat. And then, that makes um, sense. and then in Europe, a lot of times they have, um, right next to the fast food place, they'll have a little fresh market with some fresh, a little package thing of, um, uh, pineapple or mango or grapes or whatever. And I'll, I'll smash that. So I'll get my protein and fat and then my fruit and I feel great. And I don't have any sugar crashes. I don't bloating, burping. I don't have like none of that, you know, but I do, I have my cheat days often because you know i'm on an emotional roller coaster on, <laughs> on the road and i'm like sure i want some sugar but i'm not worried about gaining weight anymore because i'm like because that's not my lifestyle isn't eating all that shit you know it's i could now i could i can have it as a treat if i really want to but i gotta know i'm gonna pay the consequences i gotta be careful how far i push it because i can mess myself up now you know for sure and i imagine that even the cheat days have gotten to be different than the old cheat days like now, yeah. if I want sugar, I want real sugar and not something with like high fructose corn syrup or something. Right. Yeah. I'm probably dating myself with this question, but these days, are there still riders on tour? <laughs> there are. Really? Okay. At yeah. your caliber, I guess. Yeah. So I guess they've changed from sort of, you know, lots and lots of beer and stuff to healthy food. <laughs> well, <and laughs> no, it's both. It's lots, <laughs> not lots of beer. It's a little bit of beer and two bottles of, you know, J- or a bottle of Jameson and Jack and, you know, and then we got our vegetables and, and <laughs> that sounds like know, a pretty good diet. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But <laughs> the writers, yeah, the, the writers is great for, you know, food, but it, we also need them for our gear, like my amps. And I don't travel with my, like this amplifier is my personal rig. I don't, we don't have a crew, you know, to, to, to travel with. So I, yep. what we have are the promoter will rent the stuff. And then mm-hmm. I just bring my guitar and, you know, a couple of things like that. And that smooth sailing. Yeah. yeah nice. Way to go. 
They don't really have the budgets these days, do they? I mean, the music industry has just changed so much, hasn't it? In yeah. obvious statement. Last, what, 30 years, I suppose? Yeah, we could, you know, we could probably squeeze out more, like, cushy things, but we all want to come home with bigger paychecks. So, oh, sure. <laughs> so we're like, you know what? We'll use the house sound, man. I'll talk to them. I'll tell them our mix philosophy. You know, we'll communicate. Mm. Uh, you know, things like that. You know, yep. so we we're, we we form a team and we take care of things ourselves on the road. So we all wear a lot of hats. You know, me and the drummer and the you know the other DJ slash rapper, One Love. Excuse me. Um, you know, we get to the sound checks early and we do a bunch of setup before you know, before the rest of the singers get there and, you know, yep. so constantly, you know, working and so there's a lot that goes into making a show happen, basically is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that. Um is that yeah. so you're fairly primarily self managed now or are you are you actually are you actually we, have a contract or well we I don't think it's a contract, but we have a manager that we've had for right okay. uh, probably thirteen years from now. And uh his name is Joe Lamont. And he's from Australia, actually. He's he's a Maltese guy, but he's from Australia. And I don't know, I don't I don't know how how young you are, Stella. But back in the seventies, he had a hit song in Australia called "Midnight Mover." I don't know if you remember that song, but that would he's our manager. If you if you YouTube Joe Lamont "Midnight Mover," it's hilarious because he looks like he could be like you know starting a bg like a you know singing with the bgs or something you know oh, okay. he's real young it's, it's the name awesome. does ring a bell yeah the, yeah and then he had a, he had a couple yeah. of hit songs in indonesia in the 90s and and then he got out of the music singing and doing performing got into the business side and he's been our manager for a while and he, he works with a lot of other really cool artists uh brian mcknight and um uh what's that blind guitarist hispanic guitar player that does the the spanish uh, Christmas uh, Christmas song. Jose Feliciano. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jose. Yeah. He he man he works with him. So he works. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He works with I think I know of... his name more from the managerial side actually rather than the music. Okay. Side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually I wanted to ask you a little bit about um your thoughts about the streaming industry, how that's developed and how like from an artist's point of view i've i've had a lot of input from listener point of views and i can get i can get that but um yeah what are I've your been, on that? well i don't know as much as thoughts as i have as more as feelings but it's been uh for me kind of a disincentive to release music <coughs> excuse me and uh which is sad, you know, because it makes it because I'm a very creative person and I'm writing constantly, but I'm not putting out that much. You know, I'm not putting out music, you know, personally, even with my wife's stuff. My wife writes as well. We perform those songs live on the weekends before people. We perform them, but we're, we're not releasing them. I mean, we will. We, we, we plan on it. But if there was more incentive to like where if these streaming services actually paid what music us musicians are worth or what we deserve for our music, uh, then I would be, I got my keyboard right here. I got, you know, I got my mm. microphones and stuff, you know, I can be making records and I do, I, re, I got stuff recorded and I still work on scores and music, but not from a, like, it's like lately I've been struggling from a personal perspective, like just to really, uh, 
do something artistic for myself to put out to the world. You know what I mean? Which yes, is kind of sad. Very much. Yeah, so, uh, and it's because of what you're asking about, you know? Yeah. So as far as all the technicalities and stuff, I really don't know about all that and all the percentages. I don't, I know it's just microscopic for us. So I yeah. look at my royalties <laughs> you know, from streaming and, and it's laughable, you know, it's like sometimes I get a check for 35 cents you know, and I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. okay. Thank you for that because I didn't want to ask and be really specific, but I appreciate that you uh, came forward with that information because it's pretty much what I expected. And a, a band of your caliber for that yeah. to be, that's just, it's, it's more yeah. than insulting. It's criminal. Now, granted, um, you know, speech, well, he, he'll get his, even his, you know, royalty checks are, are, are smaller than the, what they used to be, you know, and, and if they were the same, if like uh, streams counted as sales, like it did back in the day and they were paid like they did back in the day, he would be making, you know I mean, he'd be man. sitting pretty. Yeah. Mm. You know, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's sort of, I mean, the, well, the 80s will never come back. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was. Um, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, somewhere in the 90s, I kind of disappeared down to Tasmania for a while. So I kind of missed most of the 90s, but um at some point when I returned to the scene, it was like, oh, now we, we're privileged again to be able to get some time on a stage and invite some friends. It's like, oh, everything's <laughs> just gone full circle back to zero, sort of. Yeah, it was amazing. And then, of course, streaming happens. So I can totally get with what you're saying. It, it does put, dampens the spark a little bit. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound pessimistic or a downer, Debbie Downer on your show, but... That's just reality. Well, it's reality, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But there's other positive things that are happening, you know, like, you know, my wife is, uh, <coughs> she's a, a author and she just finished writing her, it's not published yet, but she finished her eighth re revision on the sci-fi book that she wrote and she started during the pandemic. That's and, awesome. And it's, uh, and she's already, she's editing, she's like on her fifth edit of book of the sec of the sequel and so, and she's on fire and like, I've never seen her this artistically on fire before. Like I've seen her be excited about songs that she wrote and I was excited and we went out, we recorded and we, record, you know, performed live and that was great. But this is totally different. Like this is tapping into something on a deeper level with her artistically, which is a really beautiful thing to see and witness, you know, before the kids get to see it, you know, and it's, so we're hoping and praying that, you know, it takes off, you know, so we'll, we'll see, but it's, it's, it looks like it's going to be, you know, it, it, it's really, it's really going to be really good. So, yeah, it's for adults too. Cause you know, a lot of sci-fi stuff is like, uh, um, romance sci-fi <laughs> is with kids, like young adults, you know, and, you know, so a lot of adults like don't want to hear about 16 year old problems, like, but they still enjoy sci-fi and fantasy. So this is a sci-fi fantasy for adults. So yeah. she's hoping I'll, that'll be a good niche for her. Yeah. You know? I will be looking forward to uh, getting that information. Um, I will be following your Twitter and I will be purchasing yeah. that. I definitely am a sci-fi fan. Um, really quick. And I want to get back to that. I'm not trying to cut you off on that. Oh, no. very no, no, no. But as far as the streaming, uh, like what Stella was talking about, it is something that has been debated in our group because she does have you know the the musical background and oh, and cool. and wants to advocate on behalf of the artist and kind of what 
what happened to music because from a, a consumer perspective, you know, for us, it's cool to be able to just go to Spotify and pull up arrested development, like everything, you know? Right. Um, so you're definitely not being a downer, but I do think it's a conversation worth having. And then the other aspect of that is, you know, what would you say to people that are your fans? And I know like buy the albums, buy merch, go see you on tour, things like that. But is there other things that people can do to support their bands in light of what is happening with streaming? Well, I mean, you've already, I mean, right now you've already mentioned it by the merch, you know, I, I also buy the physical records instead of streaming them, like, you know, buy them direct from the, the website would be the best thing. And then spread the word, buy, buy the records for your friends. <laughs> yes, I, but, uh, I have, I, I have a question. Ahead. Um, so what about like, cause I see that people release stuff on like Apple. So what about like Apple podcasts where like you buy per song or per the album or anything like that? Does that at least pay more than say like Spotify or Pandora or some of these other free streaming services? I think, well, sometimes there's different rates. Like they have, sometimes you see them at like 99 cents and then sometimes it's like a dollar 29, you know, but regardless, you're only and, getting like um, 30% or something. Um, oh, wow. Do you guys get to, do you on, guys I'm, get th I'm talking about uh, uh, iTunes. Apple. Yeah. Apple. Yeah. 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 Do you guys get to dictate how much you charge per song or no? I don't. I I haven't looked into it in years, to be honest with you. But oh, I, okay. I, I with a company like Apple, I'm guessing you know, we ain't we ain't dictating shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, we you got your parameters of what you get to choose from, and that's it. You know, I know how you know how those big companies work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If I could jump Thanks. in from a consumer point of view, um, and I don't know how normal my situation is or if i'm an outlier but i grew up as a 90s kid buying cds with every dime i was able to make and then when pirating came out the thing about the cds were i was just buying the same 20 artists that were played on the radio station on a loop over and over and over again when pirating came out i was exposed to so many more artists and I was looking up, all right, what albums dropped this week of every artist? And then I would just start downloading all of them and finding all these new artists that I was never exposed to, different genres and uh, more independent artists and everything. And I couldn't tell you how many shows I've been to and uh, CDs and vinyls that I've purchased at the shows just strictly from well, originally pirating, but as soon as Spotify come out, I've been a, a premium subscriber since it first dropped. And something to do with their playlists and their recommended artists and everything, I would have never been exposed to thousands of artists that I've actually, I don't know about thousands of shows, but hundreds of shows I've gone to that I would have never heard of and bought T-shirts and vinyls and things right. like that. So from a consumer point of view, you're, bra like, you're bragging about your piracy. That's great. I mean, <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. Yeah, no, yeah, so, yeah. Well, well I mean, you know, before that stuff, I mean, before uh, Napster and stuff came around, I 
you know, I had cassette tapes and in my high school, there was this like uh, Vietnamese kid that always wore like heavy metal t-shirts. He dressed like he was in a Def Leppard video or, you know, early Motley Crue video. And, and sometimes, you know, I went through this metal phase. I was always listening to all kinds of music, but when I wanted to be turned on a new metal, I would go to his house <coughs> and he would have a shoebox <laughs> and had like two rows of tapes and he would get these tapes from his like cousin in uh, like LA. And one year it was like, you know, I was picking out some and I saw this cover and I was like, man, this is badass. I just wanted to, I just loved the cover and it was Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, but it, they had, they weren't on the radio yet. They weren't, you know, he had got it early and I listened to it and I brought it to a party and played it and everybody hated it at the party. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? And then like the next month it came out on MTV and everybody started loving it, you know, and then those same people are playing that record. Like now they like it, you know, but the <laughs> couple of weeks before when I was playing it, they didn't like it. But I, I, I say all that to say, you know, I was trading tapes, you know, with this guy. That was my way of my little Napster, my micro Napster, you know, with, with, uh, with this, you know, Vietnamese kid in my neighborhood. But, you know, when all that stuff started coming out, I didn't, you know, I didn't do, I didn't jump on it, you know, uh, but I wasn't, um, I was just too busy, you know, at the time I was do, too busy doing, you know, focused on other things. You know, I was actually kind of, uh, uh, I just became a Christian at the time, like a baby Christian. And I was like heavily involved with this, my local church at the time, you know? And so, um, during that time I was like, I was just in a whole different world. You know, I was still playing music, but it, I, w I wasn't full-time, you know, at the time. So, you know, I, I didn't really, it wasn't as big of a deal to me. Yeah, there used to be a time when you do a cassette mix as a gift for someone. Remember that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, absolutely. Here's some stuff I reckon you'll like, you know. Yeah. But uh, usually it was it was taken off CDs or records that you had bought. So that was, you know, seemed to be more the general thing. I used to uh, record, I had a little cassette recorder we press re record and play at the same yeah, time yeah, I remember that. and i had the little blank thing and and i would play the radio and one of my favorite songs would come on the radio and i would record the song <laughs> so it was recording my the little boombox was recording itself you know and then i would you know mm -hmm. i would steal music off the radio and play it back you know so i was pirating music way before you big perm ha <laughs> I was yeah. doing it. I was doing it like '86, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it would be fair to say that the streaming, the streaming situation now, instead of like it's basically streaming is a network rather than an outlet. It's sort of done a little bit of a turnaround. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, sort of it is to a, know you through the streaming. Um, it is an outlet for shows. some people. I mean, so, so a lot of people do get turned on to, you know, artists that they would would have never been turned on to if. Uh, the market was more closed to the, the, you know, uh, like it, you know, was before where, you know, before anybody could have a recording studio in their home, you know, oh, I mean, sort of more from the artist's point of view, really. Yeah. Just, um, it's sort oh, of the network for the artist. Oh yeah. Yeah. You hear them and then go to their shows. So yeah, rather than relying on it as an, as an outlet, I suppose, if you could switch the mindset or I'm talking to myself, yeah. it might be more, more valuable, I suppose, but yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I just I'm wish always could afford more than 0. 0.004 of a cent for yeah. each download, you know? That'd be yeah, nice. absolutely. Absolutely. And I just, I just don't like the whole, uh, the whole experience of picking what to play. 
it's not enjoyable anymore. Like I got these stacks of records down here on the floor. You know, when I was a kid, I had to go flip through my dad's crate, you know, and I had to be very careful. I was instructed to be very careful because you could scratch <laughs> yeah. them, you could break them, yeah. you know, and yeah, he taught me how to pull them out and put them on and play them, you know, and, clean them afterwards and put them back with the plastic <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, so, my dad's vinyl sitting behind me right now yeah yeah that's so cool and you know i miss that you know we valued music you know and uh i'm saying you know i'm looking down at my the record collection right now as we speak and you know i think about that and then you know cds came out and i still have they're they're ugly as shit on the on the shelves upstairs i'm like they i feel like i'm in you know the the 90s and you know i used to work for a record store in the early 90s called uh, turtles records and tapes in atlanta or in roswell and i i would spend like half my paycheck on <laughs> on buying my using my my employee discount to buy records so yeah i was yeah. in heaven you know i remember and the I, transition to cd's it meant that you never get the the posters anymore <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was a bummer. Yeah. Big bummer. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. So just to recap that, if, if whoever is listening, then we need to definitely step up and be supporting our favorite bands by buying their records, going to shows, buying the merch, get the t-shirt, get the hoodie, which I will say that I do my part because my husband is a huge live music. He's a metalhead, um, huge live music. So we've got, you know, we, he, he will be like, uh, telling me, Hey, so, um, so-and-so just released a new something. So I ordered the record and you're really going to like it. It's bright blue or, or, you know, whatever the cool thing is. And then he's like, Oh, and they're having a sale on, um, two, a t-shirt and a mystery t-shirt. So I, I am involved in that. And then also I want to make sure that I shout out Keel because he says this all the time by physical media. So that, you know, that's, that's how we can support you guys. Yeah. Come see us live whenever yeah. you can. That'd be great. Awesome. Yeah. Speaking of the, supporting um, the artists when, directly, are you familiar with this Adam Curry idea of podcast 2.0? where they're encouraging like a DJ type person to run like a, maybe a music show and they're playing artists who upload their songs and the audience is tipping and whoever's songs playing at the time, the tip goes like 90% to the artist and 10% <laughs> That's cool. to the platform. <laughs> right. I, I've heard him mention it, but I, I didn't hear, I, I heard the title of the 2.0, but I, I didn't hear it explained the way you just explained it. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I heard him vaguely talk about it, but that sounds cool. Yeah, it's still a pretty new idea. He's done like three episodes trying to explain how it's working, but they're they're uh, asking that anybody interested to run their own shows and let the tips go to as many artists as possible that are getting played on these DJ type shows. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I dig uh, No Agenda as well. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, I was going to say, when I had an opportunity to go see you live with Arrested Development and when you had posted it in the chat and on Twitter and stuff, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. So it was a, an amazing show. So if anyone hasn't had a chance to go see you guys live, it's really, it's just like mind-blowing i was just like oh my gosh it just really brought back my 20s all over again and um i just had always been such a huge fan of arrested development and then never really thought i'd get 
get a chance to see them live. So that was just kind of like a mini dream come true. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I'm so glad that you had mentioned it and that they were there, that you guys, um, performed in Atlanta yeah, and the home city at the time. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, you know, it's a very unique show, you know, unlike a lot of other bands, you know, and a lot of, sometimes promoters will hire us and then we'll, we'll show up and, and if they've never worked with us before, they'll just think, Oh, okay. And the crew and everybody's like, Oh, you're just another hip hop band. And then we rock our show and then they see what we're, what we actually do on stage during the show. And they're like, Oh, okay. They, then they get it. And then they're like, Oh, you know, sorry. You know, and like, you know, yeah, you know, we came to we came to kick some ass and have a good time. It's a celebration for everybody, all walks of life, you know. And you know, we got two rappers that complement each other so well, and then we got two females that complement each other, and and you know, so we got four vocalists. Sometimes they're singing in harmony, they're, they're weaving in and out of lead lead vocals, and there's choreography and audience participation. I mean, you gotta you gotta wear dancing shoes when you come to our show. You know, you're gonna be on your feet, you're gonna be waving your arms, you're gonna be getting into it and have, just having a good time because it's a celebration of life, death and the struggles of our ancestors. Love that. That's what Speech says. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'll yeah. Send a, I'll ask a bit about your shows because you have consistently sold out shows from what I'm seeing all around the world. It's yeah, this last run, I mean, we don't always do that, but this last run was consistently sold out. And we were like, wow. And I was talking to my, my manager about that, you know, Joe Lamont and, and, you know, we've been building for over the years, we've been playing those markets and building up our reputation uh, coming okay. back, you know, coming back and, 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 and work in those circuits and get building a reputation of our live show that, you know, that Jacqueline's talking about, you know? So, uh, you yeah, know, I was going to ask whether it was sort of more moment. a loyal fan base, really. Or, well, it's a, it's yeah, it's a momentum. Vibe, it's a momentum yeah, that's yeah. starting to build, and uh, and it's a yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and also a reflection yeah, because of the world that needs needs that kind of vibe at the moment. Yeah, people are kind of sick them, of yeah. uh, you know gangster rap and the unintelligent yeah. mumble trap music, and you know and threatening this, this, sort of music. Yeah, and and just the shallow you know, pop music. I mean, there's nothing wrong with shallow music. I mean, it has its place. I love shallow music too, but when it gets so degrading and just so monotonous and it's like takes up the whole billboard top 100 list, it's concerning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the shallow videos, videos that go with it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the occult symbolism, <laughs> I would also add that is very common in a lot of that music, which is also, um, scary but back to your live shows and the energy and like these cities that you cultivate that's what i was going to ask is like so let's say if you go out on tour and you're playing new places is it is it kind of like um a temperature gauge for that city for example like you go to a new city and you kind of get like a lukewarm crowd would that be a city like we, you know, we may or may not hit that up on our next tour versus you go to a place and they just show you love and you're like, we're definitely fucking coming back here. Is that kind of how it works in your discussions? That's, that's, a, that's exactly it. I mean, there's so many variables, you know, that, that go into the show, uh, you know, of, of, a you know, piece of gear goes out and throws us off for a few minutes that could, you know, distract us and, affect the way the show is but 
but from market to market, like, like it depends on the, um, you know, the room and the sound and, uh, what night, what night of the week is it? Is it a Monday night? You know, cause some, you know, if it's a Friday night or a Saturday night, it's a little, they're more crunk, you know, and a hundred percent. And that's something my husband will be like, but they're coming on a Tuesday. I know. I know. <laughs> so, uh, and then, you know, some nights are visually speaking, the most beautiful, you're in the most beautiful, gorgeous setting and the crowd is going absolutely bonkers. And you're so just so tired from traveling that you, you want to give more physically, but you physically can't, but you're trying and you just like, but you're still enjoying the moment, but you're like, man, I know I could rock harder than this, but they're still rocking so hard for me. And I feel like, man, I wish I could give them more, but I'm just like, you know, I was been out here sound checking for three hours in the 80 degrees. You know, we were in just in southern France and uh, set France. And they had to set up these special tents over the stage during the day while we sound checked because the, the sun was just unbearable. It was right, in, you know, by the Mediterranean Sea, this ancient fort where they has a little theater. And we were out there all day getting the sound right. And the sold out, you know, and it was uh, 1,600 people in and, and this small amphitheater. <laughs> or, or you know medium amphitheater or whatever and they were just going bananas you know but it's time for the show and you know it's it the most gorgeous scene i've ever seen and i was just like i rocked harder than this and i'm rocking as hard as i can right now but you know but man every show is different and everybody has different sound experiences on stage like sometimes it's a nightmare for my sound and i had a very difficult show to get through whilst you know, Farida, her sound was perfect and she heard her voice all night and it was perfect or, you know, so everybody has different experiences, you know, and then sometimes you're just, we just feel insecure because we weren't yeah, sure. Yeah. And then you hear the recording and then you're like, oh my God, the crowd was going crazy. And you're like, oh man, you, we wrecked it. Oh, good. Good job. All right. <laughs> it wasn't, we weren't as bad as we thought. <laughs> it's probably okay so. to take some energy from the audience for a change instead of always giving out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, ways. you know, if they feed us, they feed us more, we, you know, we give more, you know, and uh, we, but you know, so then there's some shows where the audience is given so much and the room is so small and the walls are sweating and everybody's sweating and everybody's dripping head to toe and sweat and it's disgusting and beautiful all at the same time. <laughs> and you yeah. feel like it's a sauna and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm in this for the next couple hours. And you know, you just, everybody's just committed to just being soaked and, you know, and it's, you know, yeah. by the end of the night, you look at your gear, my guitar is just covered with just, you know, sweat marks, you know, but those are the best, some of the best shows, you know, some of the best videos, some of my guitar solo was from one of that night, you know, and actually one of our vocalists, she almost passed out because it, it got too hot. It, it, it got a little too crazy actually, but yeah, that's, actually, that's yeah. why going back to earlier when I was talking about trying to get healthy is because of nights like that. I've, I've been on the road for a long time. I'm 50 years old. I've been touring a long time. So I've experienced nights like that. So now as I'm getting older, I'm like, you know what? I need to get in shape because touring is hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's physically hard. Yeah. Um, I remember being on a tour with, um, I used to, my ex-partner was a sound engineer. Yeah. And um, we, nice. toured, I don't know if you've heard of the Angels from Australia, have you? Uh, Doc Neeson. Say that again? Okay. Doc Neeson. Doc Neeson. Yeah, I know that name. Right? 
Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I think he was Red Phoenix when he did his own thing in America. Anyway, um, just you're talking about that sort of sweaty. <laughs> yes. There's been a yeah. There was a couple up in Queensland, particularly in summer. You know, I mean, it's oh, already gosh, sweaty and humid anyway. I've, and, yes, um, I've yeah, toured all over Australia room. many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This particular room was like exactly as you describe. Everyone's just bathing in each other's sweat. <laughs> PA's sweating. The walls it's are so dripping. gross. <laughs> and um, um, I mean, these guys aren't aren't young anymore. Right. And uh, this particular guy, I don't know. He must have been in his sixties then, I guess. And uh, a great harp, like uh, mouth harp, harmonica player. Yeah. As well as um, guitarist and you know songwriter. But uh, like he was giving it his all, and anyway, that night he ended up having a heart attack, <laughs> and uh, needed like oh, quadruple or quintuple yeah. bypass surgery that night, like suddenly. So um, well, yeah, he was rocking of... and rolling. Oh, he sure was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fortunately he recovered. So, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, we you Sets know we off. we had a night like that in Paris, France, and Baba OJ, who who's who's no longer with us. He was our the elder of the group. You know, he was in his. Uh, Gosh, he was uh, probably about 74 at the time. We did a show just like how I described. And the next day we were flying out of France and we were at the Paris airport and we were standing in line and he was dehydrated and he just just went boom, fell backwards. I caught him, caught his head right before, oh, sorry, caught his head right before he hit the ground. And he, you know, so we all, you know, everybody rushed over to see if he was okay. We thought he was dying and, and he just, you know, he just, was just lightheaded. That was it. Thank God. But he had to catch them. They wouldn't let him take that flight. They had he had to take the next flight. But it was scary, you know. You know. But he's in great shape. He was always in great shape back then. Like he was, like he was always roller skating and and doing push ups. Like you know, he he was so much better shape than I was. And I was in like like twenties and thirties, and he was kicking my ass touring. You know, he was amazing. You know. With regards to that, so that's another reason why he inspired me to want to get in shape. As as I'm getting older, I'm like, you know. Plus, I have a nine year old and a a twelve year old. I'm like, I want to be around for them a little longer. Yeah, good. A lot longer. (laughs) And speaking of gorgeous settings, I have to bring up my home venue. Curious if you guys have ever played the Gorge in Eastern Washington, the Columbia River Gorge. I don't. Oh God, sounds familiar. I've seen bands that I my peers, some peers that play there. I don't think Arrested Development's played okay. there. Okay. And yeah. do you have any plans of coming to the Pacific Northwest anytime soon? Not yet. Not yet. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we're gonna be in Denver. That's about as close as we're coming, man. Uh, we're gonna be in Denver. Uh, ne- not not next weekend. Uh, this weekend, but next weekend. But. Uh, yeah, oh, fly, on o- at, fly on over. <laughs> have fun at Denver Airport. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't that the freaky one? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, too. I was like, beware <laughs> of the airport. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what, what, what kind of experiences y'all have there? I've never been, but there it's a whole thing. And Stella and Perm probably know more than me. I don't know if Jackie is familiar with that one, but there's apparently a ton of weird artwork. There's uh, oh. some weird statues. You know, a lot of rumors, occult kind of stuff. I think there's a talking um, gargoyle there too now. <laughs> you can actually interact with it. It's really. Yeah, I was just there. I was just through. Uh, I just went through that airport a couple of weeks ago, and but we were just in and out. But yeah, all those places have weird, uh, you know, weird sculptures and artwork, and some of it's gorgeous and cool, and some of it is like, I don't get it, you know. 
but yeah, yeah they have some also... like Nazi artwork on the wall and the big blue horse in front I guess fell over and killed the artist that was making it yeah and oh they my kept God. that up there's also allegedly a dumb underneath it, like multi-level, and that's also allegedly where the new CIA headquarters moved to, but you know whether that's true or not, who knows? Yeah, supposedly they had dug out way more dirt than they needed to for the airport or something. Well, there's uh, plenty there's of space to do that out there. Sure. <laughs> flying and- into Denver, it's so beautiful, and there's like, you know, flying over the earth, I'm looking around, I'm like, this place is not overpopulated. We got, there's plenty of space for everybody. Sure. 100%. <laughs> I just want to say I appreciate you coming on. I got to cut out and pick up my kid at daycare, but it's Peace. been a blast. Yeah, right on. Thanks. Love all so you glad guys. to have you, Perm. Bye, yeah, Bye Perm. Yeah, and we're actually getting close to our, um, our anyway that we normally do. Um, but yeah, speaking of traveling, I know that you have, I can only imagine how difficult and draining it must be, not only from the physical, like setting up outside in the summer heat, but just the grind of the airport. And I have seen you posting recently about some travel difficulties that you have had and some, uh, major violations of your bandmates by, I I guess it's the TSA. I'm not sure in a foreign country if it's the same thing, but the, the equivalent of, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been through all the different um, types of security. Some make take your shoes off, some don't. You know, some, you know, they get the women, they get, like, feel all the way down into the G-string and everything. And you're just like, okay, you know. And then, uh, you know, sometimes they go through all our bags and take everything out. And then sometimes they let us go through and, easy peasy lemon squeezy you know most of the time you know it's like that but you know it's it's still you know just not right <laughs> you just stand yeah. in line like a bunch of cattle and i get it makes me angry every time i go through there i'm yeah, just me, like me too oh i hate this this is it's not right you know it's never yeah. it's not letting up and I yeah. think that it's it's all the more frustrating knowing like it's literally a violation of your constitutional rights, our God-given rights. We're supposed to be able to move freely on this earth. And then knowing exactly like what you said, like you're treated like a piece of garbage when you're at the airport. So it, it is frustrating for me because you don't have a choice. It's like if I don't want to take, you know, however many hours to drive this place or internationally, what choice do you have? Yeah. Private? Who can afford that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, only billionaires right now. Millionaires could barely could afford a private jet every once in a while, right? <laughs> but billionaires are the ones that are like, okay, yeah, I got this. We can, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Do you sure. find it's more difficult in other countries as you're traveling through their form of TSA or the United States? It 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 just depends. Um, I mean, sometimes it's hard for me to remember you know, where I've had all the, the easiest times and the worst times, but, um, you know, Canada but was, was always real strict going through their customs and they were always really thorough, you know, with anybody <laughs> coming there. I mean, it's like, you know, police states like coming in, you know, and if you have something on your, like if you had a, had maybe been arrested for something in the States and you did time for it and then you're clear and you, you know, you're off. If, for that same crime, they their penalty happened to be like a little longer. They wouldn't let you come into their country, like they would send you back home. 
even you know, though it had nothing to do with their country. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, so stuff like that. Wow. I mean, it's happened. It happened. One of one of our old sound men. We we found out he had something years ago on his record. We're like, oh, okay. He's like, and he told us about it. We're like, okay, big deal. You know, whatever. You know. And they send him home. You know, it's just like dude's just trying to make a living. Now he's trying to legit trying to take care of his family. You know, and now he's sending, now he can't get paid. You know, now can't do the job. You know, shit like that. But. uh um, yeah, different airports, you know, and, and a lot of times it it's just depends on the person you happen to look, the, the, the agent. Sometimes they're in a good mood. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they feel like being lenient. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they, you just, if, sometimes they want a power trip. You know, sometimes they want to brighten your day, you know, and make your day more nice, you know, uh, you know, but uh, regardless if they're a nice person or not, I don't want them there. <laughs> I don't want them there talking to me. <laughs> exactly. Going through my shit. I want to get on my plane and go to where I'm going without all this interference, you know? Yeah. You know, we could do security measures other ways, you know? For sure. So I don't want to have to go through the naked body scanner. And I don't, Ooh. I don't want to have to get felt up every time. I, I don't want to. That's have what to you get do when you go up. to the scanner. That's what you need to do. Just start dancing around. No, I've never, I've never gone through it in the United States. Um, but every time you refuse to go through it, they, you know, want to fill you up. I'd love to be able to, you know, go a trip without getting felt up. I'm still worried about the rate, like radiation and stuff. Like, like, yeah. what is it really doing? I don't know. You, you know. Do you have the literature? Like, does this TSA person have the literature? Does he know? No, they don't know. They don't know what this, the heck is doing. No. Maybe it's and not doing anything. Maybe it's, it's doing something very harmful. I don't know. Yep. And they don't but care. Psychologically, it's doing harmful things. And you go in there and you're like, this thing rotating around you. And just like, you know, I feel like I'm in RoboCop or Total Recall or something, you know. Yeah, it's a violation. I have to wonder, like, are they also doing retina scans at the time? Because they do tell you you got to look straight ahead. You know, you don't no. know what they're doing. Well, I mean, yeah, they so might be say. doing something uh, that we don't know. Sure. Exactly. I, I thought you were referring to uh, new retina scans that they're going to start implementing for uh, customs and stuff like that. That's I, I what thought... I was sort of talking about because oh. like, when you do, when you do the body scan, they say, I mean, yeah. I don't know what it's like there. You well, might we... be able to make jokes, but we certainly can't make jokes because you will just get harassed. Like yeah, I I I push the limit. I see where I could push it with these people. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll we, we'll talk back. Sometimes we'll talk shit. You mm. know, um, you and then sometimes <laughs> I just let it go because I'm just like, you know what? I don't need to stress myself out before I go on a flight. You know. Yeah, exactly. So just now I'm just. I'm sorry. You just got to sort of do what they tell you. Sort of, if you At just this want to point, ride, I can't. Yeah. You know, there was one time this this woman uh, behind me, <laughs> she took off her all her clothes and she down into this little um, little one piece bathing suit she had on underneath her clothes. But we thought she was getting naked because the way she was layered up, she was like probably in her early seventies and skinny little little tiny petite woman, beautiful short. Uh, gray hair and she just starts yelling protesting about the TSA and she's throwing her clothes all over the place and, and then they let her go through the scanner <laughs> and then they get her clothes and she puts all her stuff back on and then she goes on her merry way and we were all just like what the fuck just happened? Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> it was the cutest, like fun, like most exciting thing I had seen in a while you know <laughs> she was protesting, she, I was like Come on, sister. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Go. <laughs> it's 
so it's like, it's um, so you, reach a, you reach an age when there's just nothing to lose, I guess. <laughs> and they yeah. still let her. They still let her through because they knew she was harmless. But but she made a scene. <laughs> yeah, good for her. Um. <clears throat> so having said all that. Why don't you tell us about where, and I know you mentioned you're going to be playing uh, Denver soon, but where else can people find you? Where can they get in touch? When is your wife's book coming out? All oh, the, gosh. some fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So for Arrested Development, you could go to our, the best thing to do is go to our website. It's adtheband.com and uh, sign up for our newsletter. And then we'll, you know, like every few weeks, we'll send out a, 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 a news blast, just letting us, letting everybody know of upcoming show announcements. So if we'll come to your city, come on out. And if you see our city on there, hit me up and uh, let me know, you know, and you know, maybe I could get you some passes or something, you know, Sweet. to the show if I, if I, you know, if they're not already taken, you know, you know right. <laughs> but, uh, but it'd be just cool to connect, you know, regardless. So absolutely um, a freedom, a freedom minded uh, individual out there visiting our cities. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, uh, my wife is on uh, Instagram, Asian Hillbilly, and so go follow her. <laughs> and her, yeah, her mother. She's actually she's related to Dolly Parton, and um, on her dad's side, her grandfather is cousins with Dolly, and her mom is from Thailand. So she is the Asian Hillbilly. That's and, awesome. Uh, but I, uh, I'll let her reveal the book title and and all that stuff uh, from her. Uh, her account and then i'm jj boogie on on instagram follow me there and then we're on facebook as well and and uh come see us live and rock out with us that's the most fun and what's yeah. the band that you've got with the wife is it um fire fire and the knife thank you so right. much yeah, <laughs> I fire yeah fire and the knife uh music and um hang and on we... sorry was it fire and the knife or yeah, fire in fire... the night no fire and the knife Okay, fire and the knife. Yeah, if you look in the script in the, in Genesis uh, chapter, I think it's twenty two verse six. Uh huh. Okay. It's a scripture. I, I grew up on Earth, Wind, and Fire. So when we were coming up with yep. a band name, I was like, I wanted something like Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I yeah, right. I was just reading the Bible at, back then, and I and I just saw, you know, that Abraham or I, you know, Isaac carried the fire and the knife himself or something, yeah. and I was just like, it reminded me of Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I was like, this yeah. sounds kind of rock and roll too. So yeah. I just take out the, the 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 Bible aspect of it, which is whatever that's cool. But I just want this piece. And I was like, that's what I want for Ben. And yeah, nice. I was like, yeah, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's Great awesome. Time. And it sounds like the good balance between you and your wife. I'm like, who's the fire? Who's the knife? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, also, Stella. <laughs> also great. No, you're right. Also great um, logo and merch opportunities there. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it. we need a logo. So yeah, we're, okay. we're trying to find someone to come up with a, like a really cool one. I want something iconic, like, like, you know, the Rolling Stones mouth or kiss, you know, letters or, you know, Metallica, you know, I want something iconic, like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers had their thing. You know, I want, mm. I want to, I do want a good, cool, uh, uh, uh what's your majammy? Logo. Yeah. If I get any ideas, I'll send something your way. <laughs> All right. Um, we, actually, I just wanted to really quickly ask you, how do you feel about AI? Because like most people will just now go to AI and go, bring me a logo. Oh, I don't like want to do it. I don't like it. Uh, uh, good for you. Bless you. Thank you. It's just weird. <laughs> it's weird to me. Um, we had some, we had some ideas with, for a past, uh, our, one of our albums and and the the ideas i felt 
were, you know, had were in the zone, but they lacked. To me, I felt like they really lacked soul, uh, in my opinion. Even though they did have some very unique and cool artistic things, there was some beauty in there. I'm not saying it was all but ugly or anything, but there was just just something missing, you know. Um, for me personally, maybe not for anybody else, but you know, for me. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not into the AI art thing. Yep. Interesting Same. observation that it has no soul. That was, I mean, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? Yeah, I just actually, it's funny you brought up the AI because I just turned on my uh, my kids on, onto the, the Terminator movies <laughs> for the first time <laughs> ever. Oh, okay. yeah. And my son was just like, man, this is cool. <laughs> he was like, man, blowing his mind about the robots and stuff. So yeah. cool yeah. while it's on a screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I agree. I think AI is demonic. There's a couple, um, there's a couple of people. So Cyprian or formerly known as Ben Armani, I don't know if you've followed him, but he was very outspoken about AI and there's another account, um, Dakara and I, maybe I'll send that to you, JJ on Twitter so you can check it out. But he, he, yeah. po he posts, but also writes fairly in depth about AI and its implications, yeah. but I'm, I'm definitely very much in the camp of like, it, it's scary in my opinion yeah i've never been to the ai chat you know i know mm -mm. those people who go there I'm, i haven't not been there once you know and yeah i haven't you know i have no interest right now and Same. i have music friends that are kind of experimenting with songs and lyrics and chords and you know chord progressions and beats and yeah. you know and i'm just like man they make music so easy they got loops and stuff you don't need to go to a freaking ai it's already pretty much artificial already it's an artificial enough for you to get do something <laughs> you know yeah. you want to do it everything for you you know right just add some of your own creativity in why there. Who, are you going to call yourself a producer you're going to call yourself a producer right. now <laughs> what did you produce <laughs> suddenly everyone's a musician everyone's a photographer everyone's a designer <laughs> yeah yeah i am a wannabe right. i am a wannabe photographer that for sure though but I, I just use my iPhone. That's the best I could do right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they take really good pictures sometimes. So. Yeah. yeah. Gotta have good lighting. Couple, yeah. couple of cannons. I have to head out. JJ, I'll see you on Twitter. Bye, All you guys. Right. And thanks for coming on around. this amazing show. Bye, Bye. Jackie. Bye. Uh, yeah, I thought we, um, you know, we have gotten your where everyone can find you. I'm going to put those in our show notes as well and link to your website, all that good stuff. So I think we're at a good stopping point unless you have anything else, JJ. No, it's all good. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you for, for having me on. I had a good oh, time. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. the, the um, ability, uh, the opportunity to chat with you, particularly about the yeah. Spotify thing. That's uh, oh, right on. Yeah. 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 This has been really, <laughs> really right. fun. I have loved chatting with you and truly appreciate your time so much. I, I do follow you. Um, I'm at the, at Union Unknown's account, so okay. I, that's me back behind there. Um, and I've paid attention to how much you've been traveling, how much you've been touring, how much you've been working. I know you're so busy. We're so grateful for you to take some of your time you. uh, to spend with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank right you, on. and all the very best to you and your wife for the, all your future projects. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate Very it. Well. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye, y'all. All right. Bye. bye JJ. All right.
Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.